Hi, this is Carrie Brownstein. This is DJ Premier. This is Darren Aronofsky. You got the Rizzo right here. Rose McGowan. Right here. Aisha Tyler. A tribe Called Quest. Fred Armisen. Prince Paul. Javier Munoz, Seth Meyers. Frankie Cosmos. Flying Lotus. Hi, we're Haim, and you're listening to the Talk House Podcast. Ow! What's up? What is up? I'm your host, Elliot Einhorn, here with a couple of guest hosts today. Joining us from Chicago, we have Josh Modell, executive editor. What's up? Hey, hey, man. And here in the studio in Bushwick, Brooklyn with me. I think my name is still Mick Dawson, editor-in-chief of Talk Home, <laughs> but I'm not sure, I, as uh, you wanted me to mention, Elliot, I am now an American citizen. I wanted you to mention it because I am excited for you, Nick. As a fellow Celt who had his British citizenship and passport before my American, I want to uh, welcome you to the ranks of the insane, welcome you to the monkey house, and uh, welcome you to people who can help vote for uh, better change in this country. Uh, Nick, is it okay if we officially refer to you from now on as Nicholas America? (laughs) Uh, For tax reasons, yes, that is fine. I've already changed your byline in the CMS, so. Okay. (laughs) Well, today's conversation is about America. And, And as three Americans... I, I, I thought we should introduce this conversation. Now, our guest today, Tim Heidecker, and a man who is potentially the next city councilman of Amarillo, Texas, Hayden Pedigo. The backstory to this pairing, I get an email from the brilliant composer, William Bizinski saying, Elia, I have a friend who's an amazing guitarist in Amarillo who's putting out a record and also has made these viral videos. Have you heard of him? You got to check him out. I checked him out. I shared the videos with you guys, and we were all intrigued. So Hayden Pedigo came into the public consciousness or the internet consciousness, if you will, with these weird viral videos, uh, one specifically of him kind of wearing a big suit and making what was essentially a fake campaign ad. And it felt mm-hmm. very absurdist, very Tim and Eric. You know, I think Tim and Eric have actually done fake campaign ads. And it led to not only this conversation with Tim Heidecker, which we're about to hear, but an actual run for political office, which is what this conversation basically revolves around. It's kind of a crazy path. And of course, Tim Heidecker has become increasingly political over the past couple of years, as you know, have most of us. It's interesting because the last time that he was on the podcast, he was talking to Adam Curtis. And so much of that conversation was about politics, right. about Trump, about Erdogan, about basically the political chaos the we have descended into. And uh, this is quite a serious conversation in a way. It is. This is very different than when he first joined us with Chris Gethard on the program and it was sort of a zany, surreal yeah. comedy experience. You had two guys in the room who were trying to out-funny each other. Yeah. That is not strictly what is happening today. Josh, tell us a little bit more about who Hayden Pedigo is as a musician and now as a politician. The funny thing is I don't think people know all that much about him in either context. He's sort of an underground acoustic guitarist and soundscape artist who's really just getting started in music. And I don't think he necessarily would have broken out in the way that he has without making these viral videos and making a campaign video, essentially. So it'll be really interesting to see where his career goes. If he wins the city council seat, maybe he'll be a politician for life. Uh, If he doesn't, maybe we'll be hearing about his new record in a year or two. Let's check out a clip of Hayden's track, Brother, from his upcoming record, Valley of the Sun, that drops on April 19th. In the conversation, it comes up that Harmony Korean, who is a guest we just had on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, was actually weirdly an inspiration for Hayden's campaign. Is that right, Josh? Yeah, so Pedigo talks in this conversation about how he saw Harmony Korine's Spring Breakers and was actually made him think about Korine's older movies, the sort of weird VHS, gummo kind of vibe, and how that was an inspiration, which, you know, I think those films were also clearly an inspiration for Tim and Eric. And once Pedigo made this sort of fake campaign video, things started to blow up for him. And it's wild. These, he, he's now made a few of these campaign videos. They've been viewed by hundreds of thousands of people on YouTube, Adult Swim, and various political talk shows that he's been the guest on. 
Yeah, and there's a lot of people thinking about him now. There's a Rolling Stone piece on him. And on the day of this conversation, there was actually a documentary film crew following Pedigo. Apparently, they're making a feature-length documentary. Right. The crew actually followed Hayden to Los Angeles and to Tim Heidecker's private studio. It's funny because it's kind of like we've come full circle in some way. That Hayden had his videos on Adult Swim, which is, you know, the home of Tim and Eric. Tim had his own kind of jokey campaign for DA of San Bernardino County, mm-hmm. and that's kind of how Hayden stuff started out. But now we have the movie about Hayden happening as he and Tim talk at Tim's house. It's pretty wild. The snake is eating its own tail, Nick. <laughs> Nick America. Now, since we last caught up with Tim Heidecker, he has been up to a lot. Of course, he's in the blockbuster film Us. That's Jordan Peele's new thriller. Tim plays Josh Tyler, the father of the affluent white family in the film. He's also an Ant-Man too. And just made a TV special with Jenny Lewis called Jenny Lewis's On the Line Online. That was a three-hour live event with music, magic, a call-in hotline, and uh, Tim co-hosting with Vanessa Bayer. He can do it all, that man. He can do it all, including, you know, D.A., Stands for do it all, I presume. (laughs) I think so. (laughs) Now, in this talk, we don't hear so much about what Tim's been up to. This is really a conversation about the state of the nation and the state of Amarillo, Texas, and the state of Hayden Pedigo's run. It is. It's a really fascinating insight into sort of the the intricacies of local politics and how this sort of Jefferson Smith slash John Fay character can emerge and actually become a viable political candidate. We get to hear about Rodeos, AAA Baseball, and Bomb City. Should we roll the tape, boys? Yeah, let's hear it. Roll the tape. Okay, I'm here with uh, Hayden Pettigo. Yeah. Who some of you may know, some of you may not know. Um, I know almost nothing (laughs) about you, which I think might be the same experience the listeners are having right now. So... Who are you? Why am I talking to you? Um, my name is Hayden Pettigo. I'm from Amarillo, Texas, which is a town of about 200,000 people in the panhandle of Texas in the Bible Belt. Um, I'm an experimental musician, but the, the main thing I've been talking about recently is I'm running for city council in Amarillo, which is my hometown. So that's, that's what I've been doing the past few months. So you're, from, you're born and raised? Yes, born, born and, and raised in Amarillo. Uh, what's what, give me a, like a snapshot of Amarillo? Like what kind of town? What kind of city is it? I know you say it's two hundred thousand people, but yeah. what do we need to know about Amarillo? Amarillo is like a very dusty, bizarre kind of place. Very much cowboy culture. Very mm-hmm. much Western culture. We have uh, Pantex, which is the uh, one of the largest man- like distributors and builders of nuclear arms in the country. I thought that was like a sanitary napkin. A Pantex. Pantex. <laughs> Close. I think that's, that's Kotex. Kotex. <laughs> yeah. Kotex makes tampons. Pantex makes nuclear bombs. Okay. <laughs> they make nuclear bombs? They, well, technically, they take them apart. That's the thing. Pantex disassembles nuclear bombs. But the thing is that you can turn that around very, very quickly. Really? Yeah. So why do we need all these nuclear bombs dismantled? These are, we're, are we downgrading our arsenal? No, it's not downgrading. It's essentially they get taken to Pantex where they're disassembled. They don't necessarily need to be put together and they're disassembled there. So it's, I guess, safer. Mm. And then uh, if something were to happen, they could be put put back together. But it is a very, very uh, uh, closed off place at the edge of town. A lot of people were upset when Pantex came decades ago. Pantex makes me laugh. Yeah. The name. Yeah. it's uh, That's why people started calling Amarillo Bomb City because we were just sitting on a giant stockpile of nukes. And so the nukes are there and then the radioactive material is removed and somehow stored safely? Yeah, it's all stored. And, was and it put in like the side of a mountain or something? No, th- that's the thing. Nobody knows what goes uh, on in Pantex. Nobody's allowed to talk about it. I've met people that have been employed by Pantex and they can't say anything. You as a potential city council member, do you have any say or jurisdiction or influence over what happens at this factory? It it would most likely be tiny because the thing is uh, Pantex, I think it's the second or first largest employer in Amarillo. The Amarillo School District, I think is number one and second is Pantex. Third is potentially Bell Helicopter, which they also put together military Mm. helicopters, the Osprey. Wow, so what do people in town do at the factory? What would you think, like, the baseline, is it just... Uh, At Pantex? Yeah, are these highly trained uh, 
engineer yes, type positions? Yes, yeah, a lot of that's going to be engineer type jobs, but everyone always jokes in Amarillo, you go work at Pantex because you get paid, they always say like 40 bucks an hour to be a janitor. Like they, they pay really, huh. really well. And right. that's why there's a lot of people that end up working out there. So does that make the community an, an affluent, interesting community? Because not, that, not necessarily to say that affluence goes with interesting, but if you have highly educated people those and and with money to spend, they generally create a city or a town or whatever full of things to do um, in culture. I but, mean, yes and no. I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily say Pantex brought a whole lot of culture to Amarillo because, <laughs> uh, I mean, Pantex and the railroad, like we have BNSF Railroad out there. Those are kind of like the two employers that a lot of people, um, especially if they don't have a college degree, mm-hmm. uh, go to work for those places because it's one of the few places in Amarillo without a college degree you can make decent money. You don't necessarily right. have to have a degree to go to go work out there. But I don't, I, I wouldn't say Pantex uh, brings culture because the people that work there are, are making decent money. If they're making decent money, what are, what would you guess like the average well-paid Pantex employee does on a Saturday night? Um, they probably, I mean, they probably drive a fairly nice truck. They are married and have two kids. They go eat at Texas Roadhouse and maybe go see a movie out on the the nice part of town. That, that's what I would assume. Hey, you know, I could say the same thing about my weekend, <laughs> except for the truck. Um, <laughs> let's step back a second. How old are you? Um, I turn twenty five next week. Yikes! Yeah. And why are you running for political office? Um, so uh, to explain that, I'll just give the backstory really quick because the backstory is tied into why I'm running. Oh, so fair enough. last August, um, I was up one night and watched Harmony Korine's movie, Spring Breakers. Uh-huh. And I was personally very disappointed with it and oh. thought to myself, uh, I miss his old films he made, like the VHS ones that were just really raw mm-hmm. and really rough. And I messaged a friend of mine. I was like, hey, tomorrow I want to go make a, just a, sh- a video. I'm going to go to Goodwill and get a suit and let's make a video um, at the junkyard. I wanted to be a used car salesman in a junkyard and we make right. this video. So the next day, my friend shows up and the junkyard closed at 3.30. He shows up at four. And I had already bought this goofy looking suit from mm-hmm. Goodwill that I was wearing. And I was like, well, let's go make a video because I've already bought the suit and we're here. And right. I downloaded one of those stupid VHS emulator apps that uh-huh. makes it look yeah. grainy. So right. it, very simple, not professional. So we jumped in the car, we're driving around. Um, my friend says to me, he was like, you should do a video like you're running for public office, like for mayor or something. Right. I was like, okay, perfect. So and you decide to, by the way, you decide to make a video, but you have no kind of uh, idea what the video is going to be about. Yeah, yeah. Right. It was why we were driving to go find a video. It was right. kind of just a chance thing. Right. And this is in Amarillo during the summer. It's probably 105 degrees out. It's just extremely, extremely hot out and I'm wearing right. this wool suit. So we go to a park. I have a metal folding chair in the car and a right. tape measure. We go out there and it's just me measuring the sidewalk. It's me crawling on the ground. I throw this metal folding chair off of a cliff. Uh, just these kind of absurd things. Right. And it ends with me. Um, I say, my name is Hayden Pettigo. I'm running for city council place two. Um, I believe that a lot of local small business owners out here are straight up getting bonked. And I <laughs> grinned um, and that was it. I went home and edited the video and finished it and put it on my Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and I put the super distorted Danny Brown instrumental over it, just this really just rough sounding thing. And my wife was like, you should put that up on Facebook. Your wife? Yeah. This is news. Yeah, yeah, I'm married. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I got, I, I always joke, I did the ultimate panhandle thing. I got married uh, right when my wife turned 20, right when I turned 21. Wow. Yeah, well, not, not because she was pregnant. No, judge, no judging. Yeah. <laughs> not, <laughs> unusual these days to find oh, yeah. Yeah. 20, tw- men in their 20s, women in their 20s uh, married. Uh, yeah, but it's more, it's more normal in the panhandle, I feel like. It's more of a normal thing. But right. um, I went home and did some editing on my iPhone and iMovie, put it up on Instagram, and my wife said, um, you should put that up on Facebook. And I was like, I usually mm-hmm. don't put any of the stupid stuff on my Facebook, it's really just Instagram. Uh-huh. She was like, oh, just, just put it up there. So I put the video up on Facebook and uh, people were liking it, people were sharing it. And uh, the next day it was like at 300 likes and had 400 shares on it. And it kept growing and growing and growing and getting more traction. By the, and then a couple of days later it was at uh, 70 something thousand views it had been shared a thousand times. 
and I was getting messages from a ton of people in Amarillo that thought I was actually running for public office. They thought, oh, mm-hmm. this guy's actually running for city council. The local news reported on it and said, mm-hmm. Amarillo man uh, announces city council run with a, a surreal video. And this was like on <laughs> News Channel 10. Right. You know, and like- you hadn't filed or done any- No, this and just this- the video's out. This was six, uh, half a year before you could file. So it's like I was campaigning half a year before an election started. Did you know, did you even have an awareness of that when you're making it? Did you no, know? I didn't. Yeah, yeah, that was the thing. I didn't have any specific political aspirations um, at, when I made the video. It was meant to right. be this absurd thing. Um, and then two weeks in, I got a message from a local radio station called News Talk 940, which is the local conservative talk radio. And they're like, hey, we, we want you to, to be on the show. And I reluctantly said, okay, I'll come on. I thought I'd be on for maybe 10 minutes. I show up, they put headphones on me. And they're like, okay, we have Hayden on for the next hour. Whoa. And I was like, oh, okay, this is legit. And um, the the host starts asking me questions about uh, what, what is it you're doing? Why are you doing this? And surprisingly, he said, I like what you're doing because it's starting a discussion on local politics amongst people your age. Yeah. Because Amarillo's population, 40% is under the age of 30 of that 200,000. So there's this massive group of young people, but none of them vote. My right. my demographic does not especially vote. in local elections. Yeah, they they don't pay attention. No interest. Yeah, and for a while I was one of those that didn't pay attention to what was going on, but um, what I started noticing even before the video was made was there was a lot of kind of strange things going on in Amarillo, a lot of redevelopment mm-hmm. um, by a lot of very wealthy people, and it was very one sided development, um, racking up a lot of debt and a lot of suspicious things uh-huh. going on that I started uh-huh. taking note of. Um, so while this video is blowing up and people are talking about it, I, I had a lot of people start messaging me, hey, you should actually, you should actually run, consider mm-hmm. running. And at the time I was kind of like, oh, like that's not really something I set out yeah. to do because that's a lot of responsibility and it's uh, incredibly, incredibly nerve wracking. Emerald politics get uh, very nasty. Like there's- I mean, uh, I probably could say that about anywhere. Uh, yeah, but it, like, it's almost to a ridiculous level for right. a city council race and the Texas panhandle. So over the next few months, I started doing a lot of research, uh, meeting with ex-mayors, ex-council members, trying to learn as much as I could because I was kind of considering it. Because I was like, you know, I live in Amarillo. I make experimental music, really weird music. I, I, I'm a fan of Amarillo. I love it because it's so bizarre and strange, but I do feel like it is stuck in the past. Can I ask you a question? Do you you make your living uh, making experimental music? No. How do you make your living? I work at a credit union, like banking Uh, type job. You're a banker. Yeah, that type of job. You're a bank teller. Supervisor, yeah. I don't do the teller stuff. Okay. Yes, at a supervisor at a bank. That's that's my day job is a very, very plain banking type job in Amarillo. By the way, you look... A lot like Michael Sarah. I gotta get that out of the <laughs> yeah. way. People tell you that. Yeah. You are, uh, you know, you, uh, upon first impression, you seem like a hipster. Yeah. yeah. You've got the jacket, you've got the baseball cap. I don't know what your baseball cap says. Uh, it's the W for the Amarillo Wonder. It's a little baseball team my friend made. Okay. Yeah. That he made the baseball yeah, team. Yeah. He put that, the baseball yeah, team together. Yeah, made the uniforms, made the hats. <laughs> okay. And I can't see your pants, but you're probably and yeah, you got the converse on. They're cut. Uh, are, are you uh, a are you a, a rarity in Amarillo as a as a cultural uh, stereotype, or well, are you? Um, not, is there a, is there a hipster scene? Yeah, there's definitely a cool. hipster scene That's in Amarillo. I'm gonna go and do a show there. Yeah, well, oddly enough, <laughs> I uh, I almost booked David Lee Hart uh, like a couple months ago, and actually the show was this week in Lubbock because no venue in Amarillo could would pay the guarantee. Uh-huh. But obviously, it's Amarillo; they don't know who that is, and right. they're they're not gonna waste their time. So Lubbock Lubbock got the show, which oh, is an hour buddy, and forty five minutes. Buddy Holly. Uh, Buddy Holly's hometown. Town, yeah, yeah. Got, got the show. Um, so, but there is a, there is a, you have, you know, a co- you have a hipster coffee shop. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The, the <laughs> Where, 806. Uh, what's his name? Jacob Wall can be found. <laughs> yeah. There's a place called the 806 that's like Amarillo's hub for right. hipster culture kind of, kind of thing. It's the cultural hub for uh-huh. artistic types in Amarillo. Right. And so you have that vote locked up. 
Well, no, that, no. that's that's the tricky thing. Is um, I can I can get support on the internet all day. I can mm-hmm. because as this whole thing has developed, uh, that's something that I've had to stress as I moved away from the absurdity and started getting into points of why I was running because I wasn't going to run for city council as a joke. That's no, anno- that's that's, anno- that's an- it's annoying. It's a waste. It's a bad joke. Yeah, it's yeah. a waste of everyone's time, and that was part of the reason why I was like, if I'm going to run, I want to. I at least need to have a decent enough reason to run, which right. I, I, which I think at this point I have developed pretty decently on the reasons why I'm running, uh, re- essentially redeveloping uh, our government system. Amarillo utilizes an at-large government. We have a mayor and four council members that uh-huh. are, are all elected at large. In a city of 200,000, that's kind of a rarity. A lot of cities our size have single-member districts, meaning each council member is elected by the district they are in. You're, you're not gonna run representing the whole city. You're gonna represent where you're from. Right. So there's gonna be six to eight council members, each elected by their own district. Right. And the mayor, uh, sometimes be mayor at large. But Amarillo has a mayor, four council members. They're elected at large across the board. And voter turnout is less than 10% of 200,000 people. Okay, and you don't like that? No, it's it's a terrible I mean, comment. I mean, I don't, we don't, I don't I agree. We probably don't like the idea that voter turnout is low, but you don't, you, you'd rather see districts elect their representative. Yes, because Amarillo has a super diverse population, a huge Hispanic community. Um, We have one of the highest immigrant populations in the whole state of Texas, which Texas Monthly read a pretty long piece on that. Um, so that's am- impressive considering it's Texas we're talking about, which I would think a lot of cities have El Paso or something yeah. would have large immigrant populations. Yeah, surprisingly, Amarillo is one of the largest in the whole state. So Amarillo is very culturally diverse, but I've said mm-hmm. to a lot of people, Amarillo has always been segregated by design and it still is. And I think mm-hmm. it's a symptom of the government we've utilized. And a lot of these... Uh, uh, certain neighborhoods like the San Jacinto neighborhood, the North Heights neighborhood, these are more uh, historical, cultural neighborhoods that have been left out of the discussion uh, and, and haven't been, uh, there's been no attention paid to them for decades. So if you, if you uh, regionalize the city council, mm-hmm. you're encouraging th- those neighborhoods to put their people, quote unquote, their people into into the city council. Yes. You would, you, um, and you, now that's not happening, why? Because when you have at-large elections where you have a mayor and four council members elected at large, it's a lot easier to sway those elections financially because there's a, a PAC group called Amarillo Matters that funds the the current council, the incumbents that are sitting. They're uh-huh. funded by this PAC. I see. They funnel insane amounts of money uh, centralized into pretty much a, a few areas in Amarillo where they know the voters are and they know they will win it. So the, a lot of those PACs that are paying the huge money for these candidates from that area, um, just centralize it to certain spots to get those voters and they rely on the low voter turnout. It's a lot harder. So it's, a, it's like a uh, pack, it's, it's, a, um, it's like a package deal. Yeah. They're providing, here's the mayor, here's the four council members. If you vote, the mayor kind of endorses the council members yeah, and yeah. serves as... This is our squad. Yes, they run as a team. And right. the thing that's tricky is like our current city council, there, there was a controversy a couple of months ago because there was a building the city purchased downtown for storage. And the building was purchased for, I believe, 300000 more than its appraised uh, value. And it starts to we'll get tricky. Back. The, the real estate group, this group that the building, uh, the city worked with to purchase it, one of the people that's on the board of that group is the mayor's husband. Oh, so you start to see that there's a lot of this, you scratch my back kind of, kind of deal. In right. Amarillo, the biggest controversy we've had is there's been a ballpark that was built, this 50 something million dollar ballpark to have, I believe like a triple A team in mm-hmm. Amarillo. And it's been the biggest controversy over the past four years. Cause a lot of people didn't want it. They said it was gonna put us in a lot of debt um, and they went ahead and did it. A lot of people felt like, uh, uh, the the city as a whole, their input wasn't sought out in doing this. Mm-hmm. And the, there's a lot of strange things that have gone on with that. This baseball park is called Hodgetown, which is named after our old mayor, Jerry Hodge, uh-huh. who he actually came into controversy in the 90s for this thing called the ultimate hunt. And it was written about, <laughs> no, this is awful. It was written about in the Sorry New York Times. No, it's the, 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 the title alone is hilarious. Um, in the 90s, uh, Jerry Hodge was involved, uh, I, I believe a lot with, providing pharmaceuticals for prisons in Texas. And there was this thing they did where they were uh, training like- I mean, listen, if you're in prison and you need medicine, of course, we're glad that's that's 
happening. Yeah, but I'm but sure. But I'm sure there's some bad shit going on. Yeah, that's on uh, they make a lot of money off of yeah. off of that. It's not good. But what ended up happening was uh, Jerry Hodge was involved with this group that they would train uh, these tracking dogs to track escaped prisoners and they would do this thing they would have prisoners agree to like go out in this wooded area and be chased by these dogs to be chased by tracking dogs and Jerry Hodge and all of these people would go out there drinking beers and they had custom embroidered jackets that said the ultimate hunt on the back and prisoners legit got injured during this they quote agreed to do it well this it sounds like you get I mean there, there are rats all over the place in these small town politics. Yeah. Uh, people kicking back and making side deals and are not in it for the public good. Um, perhaps Amarillo is uh, worse than other places, but you have to assume this is going on all over the place. Right? Yeah, yeah. And and the scary thing is, you feel like this stuff um, almost feels impossible to stop, especially with the situation we're in, where these elections are being decided with money. Right. Essentially, it's hard for somebody like me when you're 25 and you come in and you start disagreeing with how they do things. Because I had people coming up to me saying, "You better be careful. You're making a lot of like rich enemies. Old, you're ma- yeah, making a lot of enemies, and you're making like a lot of rich old people angry here." Because mm-hmm. Rolling Stone wrote a piece on my campaign yeah. that went pretty. Uh, it was on the website and it went pretty aggressive politically. Right. And somebody told me that a higher up person in Amarillo was not very happy about that. Oh. Yeah. I mean. Oh, sorry, dude. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that seems like uh, good, but also, you know, not to be dramatic, but you should probably be a little, you know, aware that people might go to extreme measures to uh, not necessarily that you should fear your life or anything, but that <laughs> Now, who knows if they're going to try to maintain that status quo, who knows what they might do. Yeah, and that's that's somewhat, it's a little nerve-wracking, but again, it kind of drives me to do it because I never want to live in a place where I'm not allowed to criticize something. No. You know, because it might make somebody angry. And it I won't, change the way they do business. Yeah, change. and that was part of the reason why over the course of the weird videos then developing into an actual run, it started, the moment was I was invited to speak to a local high school, to a government class. And I was mm-hmm. kind of a little nervous because I was like, I'm not really sure if I'm qualified right. to speak to kids on this. But the teacher was like, just come speak to the kids. They'll love it. They showed right. them the videos. The kids laughed. You know, I think they related yeah. to it because they were just these ridiculous videos. And then afterwards, they let the kids ask me whatever. And they were like, how does the city council work? How do you run for city council? What, like asking a lot of these questions. And then afterwards, a kid came up to me after I finished. And he said, I grew up in kind of the rougher part of Amarillo. And he said, I see downtown being redeveloped and it's beautiful and it's great, but I can't afford to go to any of those places. He said, yeah. do you think Amarillo is only getting better for one group of people? And this kid in high school class hit the nail on the head more than any adult that had approached me about the videos just yeah. with kind of pointless questions with no substance. And then a kid hits the nail on the head. Yeah, what is that? That's a, that's a, a very deep observation, a very complicated Answer, I'm sure, yeah, that would well, go along with it is because what does that mean? Does that mean, you know, when we think of a gentrified area, we think of a nicer part of town, you're that that nowadays includes sort of just the stores that are more expensive to go to, right? Mm-hmm. The, there's a, I don't want to single out any certain company, but it's going to have the the poke shop yeah or it's gonna have you know what I mean it's gonna have more expensive items because because downtown it, commercial areas are really just now constructed for consumers right? yeah they're for, for for purchasers of of food and 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 clothing and whatever you yeah know, well gadgets yeah but the scary thing with the downtown development in Amarillo is Amarillo, one of the biggest like uh, things that brings income is the rodeos. The rodeos that come into Amarillo and they uh-huh. fill up hotel rooms and oh, the wow. event center. And for years, people were, were complaining that our event centers are too small and they need to be updated. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of doing that, all of a sudden Amarillo's like, oh, we need a ballpark, which 
isn't really a money maker. It's more of entertainment for the people that live in the city, but it's not going to be a big uh, driver for income. And right. they told everyone, oh, it's not going to come out of your taxes. It's going to be paid for by uh, hotel occupancy taxes is what it's huh. paid for. Okay. But the scary thing with that is, while it is true that that's how they're paying for the stadium, those occupancy taxes can be used for arts and culture across the city, not just one centralized part. Right. But now they've invested so much into that ballpark in downtown that those occupancy taxes will most likely be tied up for the next 20 years. So it'll be useless. Right. You know. And also baseball is a weird thing to like hang your hat on, no pun intended, but um, it's not the biggest driver. It's not like the most uh, forward future thinking uh, form of entertainment. There's yeah, like, and especially in- You look at a, a random minor league game attendance, it's not gonna be very impressive, I would think. Yeah, and especially in a town that's known for cowboys. It right. just seemed odd that we are risking losing these- cowboy type events, rodeo type events that actually bring us money and make more sense within our history. Cause that's Amarillo's history. We're a cowboy town, right. ranching rodeo type things. And those are the things we're risking losing to bring something that's not really specific to our area. You right. know, so that, what's, what's driving the baseballs, uh, the ballpark? Um, I think a certain group of people that were like, oh, it would be cool to have a ballpark. And the fact <laughs> right. that the ex-mayor, it's named after right. the ex-mayor so, who was involved with that. And uh, there was just a lot of strange dealings that have gone on. Like it's a one, vanity project. Uh, kind of. It kind of is like a vanity project. And there's been humorous things I've noticed because Emerald has like one big gas station called Toot and Totem. Mm -hmm. It was like a big gas station. I had one uh, of those too. <laughs> I had one of those this morning. Yeah. <laughs> it, it has a corner on the whole market in Amarillo. Started going to Toot and Totem. Now all the Toot and Totems are selling the merchandise for this baseball team. Sure. It just feels very like brazen, like like these buddies are like, oh, uh, I have the ballpark. You sell the shirts in your gas station. And it, it almost feels like a like a slap in the face. Right. And nobody has a say-so on that, you know? Okay, so let's, um, where, where are you ideologically, politically? Uh, I've always said that I kind of just exist in the middle, maybe one of those younger people that's fried on politics. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of uh, uh, one of the points I made when I started this. A lot of the reason people my age don't vote is they feel fried mm -hmm. and they feel ignored and it's just like a, they feel politically exhausted. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, especially with the city council race, you, you don't really run like with any type of party stance. Right. I mean, people do it. Are, are it, you running on, as an independent or well, is yeah, it? You don't run uh, like for city council, you don't run as a party. Uh -huh. You can say what you are right. if you want to get that fan base. So you're base. not affiliated with a party. No. You, you're just a guy. Yes. because You're just an experimental musician. <laughs> yeah, just an experimental musician. Yes. Experimental mus musician party. Yeah. Yeah, that that one works. Okay. But because when you're dealing with city council-based issues, you're not really going to be dealing with party-based issues. It's right. going to be like, what would you do for job creation in Amarillo for people under the age of 30? Right. You know, the, the funny thing was last week, since forums have started, I've been starting to do forums. You get invited to all of them, all of the candidates do, and mm -hmm. you're usually expected to be at all of them. Right. You don't opt out of forums. So I was invited, I got a message uh uh, that I was invited to the Amarillo Tea Party Group Forum at a church. And I didn't know Amarillo had a tea party group. I didn't right. know that was still a thing. <laughs> so I go to it, it's at a church and it's a pretty older crowd, an older type Surprising. crowd. Yeah, it was- You said <laughs> church and tea party, I figured this would be like the all hot the teens, spot. Yeah. yeah. So I go up, I give my speech, I have one minute. And they said- this One minute? Well, essentially how it works is you go up to a podium. Mm -hmm. They said, you have one minute to introduce yourself, right. tell your backstory. That's, that's fair. Um, and and the, all the other candidates were like, I went to Baylor and met my, my wife there and we have two daughters and they mm -hmm. play volleyball like, like that. Right. I went up there and said, my name's Sam Pega. I'm 25 years old. I'm running for city council. Like, I went into my politics because I said, mm -hmm. I'm 25 years old. I don't have a big backstory to give you. I just have sure. the reason why I'm running. Because right. when you're younger already, you feel like you have a way shorter time time span to get their attention because right. I think it's a lot easier for them to write you off. Um, and I said, uh, I want to see Amarillo be a more progressive city. A guy came up afterwards oh, yeah. and he was like, what did you mean by progressive? Right. He was like, one of the guys back there said that he wanted to punch you in the face when you said progressive. And I said, I meant like- Mandatory oh. abortions. Yeah. Well, I said, <laughs> you literally have to be gay now. Yeah. <laughs> you and, said that to him. No, yeah. I, I, I thought it, but, right. but that was the thing. I meant progressive in a literal sense of progress, but right. it's almost like- It is look, funny how that's become a, a derogatory term for people, progressive. Yeah, uh, which it, that was the one thing I noticed was it seemed like they were more eager to, I don't know, 
pin you on things sure. that maybe didn't even have to do with city council at all. And then afterwards, you had to walk around and shake hands and meet people. Yeah. And the lady, the incumbent Elaine that I'm running against, she kind of, uh, after I did my speech, she went up, she's like, well, I'm going to follow the rules and keep politics out of it. Like kind of upset that I brought my politics. What else are you supposed to do? I don't uh, understand. I was supposed to say I went to Baylor and met my wife and right. played basketball. Biographical yeah, something stuff. like that. Hmm. You know, they didn't like that I brought in the politics right up front. Very strange. Yeah. Um, but I guess there's two ways of looking at the the uh, how uh, how elected officials come into our lives. One is you could argue is that after a after a life of pursuing your your career or your service or whatever it is, you, you know, elected officials are people that have that come with great experience, that come with a life uh, a life story or sort of demonstrable um, skills that they can refer to. You know, we talk about people wanting to wanting to have people with with experience leading us. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, um, but then I guess on your side of it is. Um, somebody bringing youthfulness, bringing energy, bringing somebody whose actual life is tied to uh, the, the choices that the city council makes. Yes. Uh, and who wants to create his own future, wants to sort of help determine his own future. Yeah, and I think what I've told a lot of people when they comment on my age is I say, um, while I may not have as much experience as the current council has, I also am not indebted to anyone. Right. I, I'm not. I wouldn't be doing this because I owed someone a favor. If you're on city council, you get paid ten bucks a week. You don't. You don't get paid to be ten on bucks a week. Ten bucks a week. So yeah. you're not quitting your day job. I couldn't. If you win, no, no. I couldn't. Well, you could probably figure out a way to live. Does your wife work? Yeah, she she works part time and goes to school right now. Right. So I mean, I kind of work full time and she does that. But yeah, you can't live off no. of. Ten dollars uh, a week. Yeah, you can't do much with that. Um, which is fine, and I think that's probably how it should be. And almost on any, I mean, if you look at even on the national level, mm-hmm. it's certainly back in the day when this system was set up. There, there was sort of the idea that you would be kind of part timing as a representative, or you would, this wouldn't be the way you built. You weren't build a career being a legislator. Yeah, but here's the the flip side of that situation in terms of city council. If you pay ten bucks a week. Sometimes it raises the likelihood of it being easier for a independently wealthy person to do it. Because if you have someone that's independently uh-huh. wealthy and retired, right. 10 bucks a week, that doesn't matter. They already have money. As opposed right. to, let's say you are a dishwasher and you want to run, or run a for bank city council. Or anything that bank doesn't. Supervisor. Yeah, or any of that. Anything right. that, that doesn't pay that much, it's a lot trickier for you to run because you're like, well, I can't, uh, I can't live off 10 bucks a week. Right. So that's kind of the argument I've heard people make is saying that by paying $10 a week, it's biased to have it be more wealthy people that run because they're usually retired right. and have a lot of time on their hands that don't need money. Right. So it makes it a little easier for that. That's interesting. That's a good point. Um, I mean, yeah, there's a there's a certain amount of our taxes that we pay that should go to help helping keep the infrastructure of our communities going. Yeah. And that includes somebody to manage it, somebody yeah. to kind of d- democratically uh, handle the decisions that need to be made. Yeah, well, the bizarre thing though with Amarillo is a lot of the big decisions uh, come from our city manager. And our city manager is new, newer to Amarillo. I think he's right. been here two years. And he gets paid around 350000 a year. Wow. He makes more than the vice president does. <laughs> <laughs> so, so explain that. I think that's interesting. I know a little bit about this, but I think a lot of people don't. There's a mayor, but there's a city manager that mm-hmm. really does the day-to-day work of keeping the city running. Yeah, so right? essentially the council and the mayor work hand-in-hand with the city manager. And the, the city manager can also make those big decisions as opposed to the council that will have something brought to them, Right. which a lot of the times the, the city manager can go to them and it still has to go through the mayor and the is council. Is the city manager elected? Uh, yeah, the city manager, I, I believe, is elected. And is there? Do you find there to be a redundancy between the mayor and the city manager? Yes, but that also is another side effect of at large. It, it does seem a bit redundant because the mayor is essentially a council member. Right. There's not a whole lot of difference between what the mayor can do and right. any of the four council members. Um, okay. So your when is the election? Uh, May fourth. May fourth. May the fourth be with you. That yeah. bullshit. <laughs> I had to acknowledge that. Uh, <laughs> And are there polls that you can tell us about? 
Yeah, so uh, <laughs> essentially based on what district you're in, there's two districts in Amarillo. There's uh, Potter County and Randall County. And this mm-hmm. is another thing that's very bizarre is Randall County is generally the wealthier part of Amarillo where Potter County tends to be a bit more low income. Where Randall County, I think, has about 80,000 something registered voters. Potter County has less than 50,000 registered voters. So you can see the mm-hmm. the obvious gap between the two counties right. and where the incumbents heavily market themselves. They're not heavily marketing in Potter County. They're going mm-hmm. straight for Randall County because that's the more affluent, richer right. part of town who votes in these elections. So that's kind of the, the split between the two. And so what have you been doing to reach those voters and engage with those voters? So it's kind of in two spots. I have two battles to work with. The younger people that don't vote, um, a lot of that has been engaging through Facebook because it started just people sharing my videos, right. which were absurd videos. So then I shifted from that and started writing these editorial type pieces right. on why I was running, what the reason was to vote in right. these, what was detrimental to our city. And I noticed the engagement was decent on it. Like started to get people sharing it, talking about it. I started getting approached by people in public that were like, oh, you're the guy running for city council and they would talk to me. That was the younger demographic. Right. And that's one hill I kind of have to get over because they don't vote. Then the other hill I have to go over is older people that look at me and they may think I'm just a goof doing it for a joke and trying to talk to them and tell them why I'm running and show them, you know, I'm not incompetent. These are my beliefs. This is why I'm doing it and switching their opinion. And that's mainly why I do the the voters forums, all Mm -hmm. the voter forums, because that's generally going to be the older, older demographic. So I would definitely say um, social media has been a huge one because- and what, what about what about in the Hispanic community there? How, are you able to penetrate them? And do you are you building their trust or are you building their awareness of you being some white hipster dude? Well, I, I would hope yes, because one of my big talking points has been in the Hispanic community. Um, I've had a lot of people ask me, what type of development do you think should be praised in Amarillo and funded? And I've said the Amarillo Boulevard, decades ago, the uh-huh. airbase was down there. It got shut down and, and nearly killed the Amarillo Boulevard off. It was right. super historical. But then the Hispanic community in Amarillo kind of took on the boulevard as their own, started opening their own businesses and right. made it their own organic culture, but mm-hmm. the city doesn't- Support it. No, they the, don't pay The attention. infrastructure of it is yeah, not strong. Yeah, it's not supported. They don't bring. They don't try to bring any tourism to that area right. and it's ignored. And I've said multiple times that that's the type of culture and uh, development we should be praising and we should be giving money to because mm-hmm. that's the thing that makes us unique way Amarillo or right. those things, but it's completely ignored. So what I've been saying with Amarillo Boulevard, which is the Hispanic community, and North Heights, which is Amarillo's like historical African-American neighborhood, which has some incredible stuff in it. But again, one of the biggest controversies was North Heights had a public swimming pool that's been there for years. Right. I went to that pool as a kid. Uh-huh. Um, a couple of months ago, the city came out and they said, hey, we're shutting down the pool. It's not in good shape anymore. Right. So the neighborhood, the North Heights neighborhood was very up in arms going, you're taking away our pool. And Just make the, make the repairs, do uh, the work. Well, this right? is what ended up happening was the city had a meeting in North Heights at the North Heights like, Community Center. I went to that with another guy who was running just to watch. So during this meeting, they sent a rep from the city who was like, the, the pool is too far beyond repair. We can't fix it. We would have to rebuild it and that cost would be three to $4 million. And we just don't have that right now, sorry. They just said, we don't have the money to fix it or replace it. And then a few weeks later, the city approved $4 million for the scoreboard at the baseball stadium for the scoreboard. Jeez. And so this community that's like, you're taking away one of our amenities, this pool that's been a service to kids here. Yeah, for decades. That that is a massive benefit to that area of town. You're taking away and your answer is, sorry, we don't have the money. There's nothing we can do for you. And then you demonstrate a second later that there clearly is the money. Yeah, but but the money is only there if it's something they want to spend it on. And a community pool is not going to make them money. And it gets extremely irritating because I've seen the mayor speak recently and she has said, I think Amarillo has a high crime rate because third graders aren't at a proper reading level. And statistics show if you're not well-educated, crime will go up which I found extremely irritating because I'm like, well, don't statistics also show that when you remove amenities from a, a neighbor like North Heights, like a pole, that crime goes up because there's literally nothing to do. Right. So what do kids do if you live in a neighborhood with nothing? Right. You take it away and they're like, oh, I wonder why crime's going up. Yeah, it's you, you keep take, cause trouble. Yeah, you keep taking every everything away and then playing right. stupid and act, acting like it's somewhere else. <sighs> So depressing. Yeah, it is. It is depressing for me, <laughs> yeah. and that that's why I've. I guess what I what I told people. I originally, when the videos were blowing up, I had this crossroads moment, 
either I cannot run, take the attention and laugh this off, right. you know, because like uh, a lot of people were stoked because that first video I did, uh, me and a friend were joking and we went on development meeting on Adult Swim uh -huh. and shit on there. And then a week later, I got a call and they're like, hey, we're wanting to show uh, that video just at 3.30 in the morning in a cut down of development meeting because they do like a 10 minute cut uh -huh. that they broadcast. Right. So they broadcast that video and a lot of Amaro people were stoked. Going, oh, I watched your campaign video on, on, on Adult on Swim. TV, yeah, they yeah. were really excited. And it was that moment where I'm like, I easily could have just blown this off as a joke and just moved on. Right. Or do I take that attention I'm getting and know how to form it into something more important? Because right. uh, yeah, it's, I, I liked making the absurd videos and they were really funny. But I was like, I think it would be a, a million times more important and inspirational if I took that and you know now I'm making rich old people in Amarillo angry because I'm calling out things they don't want you to talk about. Right. I want to go back to one thing real quick. You're, I, I identified you as a white hipster, but mm -hmm. your last name is... Pedigo, which, which I think is French. Okay, you're not. You have no Hispanic. My, not, my, not, my mom's family is Spanish. Yeah. Okay, so you 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 are Beto O'Rourke. Um, part two. <laughs> part two. Two point I like that. It's part two. I need to get. <laughs> er, I need to get er, in early on this on your career. I need mm -hmm. to be the guy that was like, I'm right there at the beginning. That's why the documentary is here. We need to follow you all the way to the White House, kid. I, I will okay. never go. I will never. I, I've been asked. Uh, no, I know. I know. I'm, I'm sure that's where this conversation generally probably goes. That you, when you have these kind of conversations. Yeah, and I've, I've had people go. Does this make you want to be involved in politics now? And I've said, not anything past city council. I well, wouldn't. I would never go past that. Well, don't say never. Yeah. You might find yourself to be very good at it. <laughs> good right? at politics. Well, yeah. I mean, first of all, that is a skill, and yeah. I think people, it be that politics has become a, uh, a, a derogatory term. Yeah. And it really is, a, it can be a beautiful skill to have to be able to get together with, with other people and figure out the best system of, uh, of society for us and, yeah. and help keep that on track. And you say you're, you're, you're uh, right down the middle center, but as I hear you talk, of course, I feel like you have a, a deep understanding of the role that government can play in communities and mm -hmm. in society, and that one of the fundamental things we can do as a democratic republic is create the the, the civic create the environment we want to live in. Yeah, uh, and and we do that through taxing people and using that money uh, to provide the basic sort of infrastructure of a community. Yeah, and the more we know about how people can can sort of live happier, pursue their dreams, can feel safe. That requires investment from us all. Yeah. Right? And and, and there's one there's a there's a political ideology that that I feel that clearly don't believe that that's a system that works anymore. Yeah, I, I mean that that's the thing that's been interesting to me is when you're at a level of like city council type races, it's kind of refreshing because you don't have to deal with the toxic political party type things, right. even though sadly that does exist in there. And it, it's been more interesting because if somebody tends to be more conservative and they're like, uh, I, I don't want my tax dollars to fund somebody that's like to help a poor person or something right. like that. But it's been interesting on this level when I speak to people and say, if our city's not developing as a whole, it's not developing at all. And unanimously across the board, from all different backgrounds, all types of people, right. they've, they've been like, I absolutely agreed with what you said. Right. You know, it, it kind of puts people in more of a, a a different ground when you're not affiliated with anything, and you're just saying, Amarillo should be better for all, not just for some parts. Right. And that's been the main deal. Yeah, I mean, it also goes to a, a, the concept of empathy mm -hmm. that I think gets lost. It, I was, it popped into my head. The other day, not not to, I don't want to drag you into national politics, but Lindsey Graham talking about the sort of the way Trump has been dragging John McCain through the mud, mm -hmm. and and you could tell that for, for that that was a line that he had crossed, you know, for Lindsey Graham because because John McCain was his friend, yeah. and and he had been you know trash talked by Trump, and that was unacceptable. Yeah, but the problem Lindsey Graham has that I see in Lindsey Graham is that he should feel that way about people he doesn't know yeah. as well. But he seems to only be able to react to people he actually, you know, physically has a personal relationship with. And, and empathy requires you to feel for people that you might not know and feel that 
helping them is a benefit not only to them, but to the society around you. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing I've noticed where people on Facebook, local people that have maybe criticized what I'm doing or something like that, they'll say mm-hmm. something very aggressive and hurtful and rude. Mm-hmm. And then I meet that person in person and it's a totally different thing. Oh, they, yeah. they don't say that to your face. They're no. not gonna call you an, an, an idiot. And then right. you talk to them and they're like, oh, you, there's more to you. I like what you're talking about. It's like this internet culture with politics has amplified that, sure. that type of aggressiveness where you're allowed to say whatever you want about somebody, who, especially if they're running for a type of office or politically involved. Right. And then you meet them in person and uh, people don't naturally act that way in person to person when you meet somebody. You're not just gonna walk up and say, you're a complete idiot. Right. Some might, but that, that's not really typical. So that, that's the thing I've kind of noticed. But sadly, like I said, it's amazing how much, even in Amarillo, you wouldn't think these type of things happen of people mudslinging and mm-hmm. doing all, the, all of these things. And that's been kind of the downer for me was noticing, wow, that's very much a reality even, even here, that, that this kind of thing is normal. Do you, do you have any skeletons in your closet? Do you have anything that you're worried about? People are gonna come out and say, uh, this kid cheated on his high school uh, SATs or anything like that. Um, uh, I mean, I don't know why in hell you'd reveal it here on this program. No, well, but I, I luckily, I, I've joked that I'm, I'm very glad I've never been arrested never before. Been arrested. I don't have any mug shots out I've there. I've never been arrested myself personally. Oh, nice. So I got <laughs> um, hauled into the police station once, but they didn't press charges. Oh, really? I, I think the closest encounter I've had with cops was I... Uh, got caught skateboarding in a parking garage and they had me lay on the floor as oh, they took wow. out my ID and wow. made me think they were gonna arrest me. And I was like 17 and they were like, don't you think you're too old to be doing this? And I'm just, <laughs> I was like, I- You're, I, at, the pro, you're at the perfect <laughs> Goldilocks age to be doing yeah, that. Yeah, I was like, I wanted to be like, oh, that seems typical with right. my age, but that, that's about as close as it's gotten. I joked um, early on, the only thing I worried about was there was a picture on my Instagram of me wearing my wife's crop top and skirt that thought should be fine. Uh, th- I was like, that probably could end up on a mailer. Right. I've seen some really bizarre things. There's actually a guy who's running currently for city council who was our ex justice of the peace. Uh-huh. This is not not a joke. While he was the justice of the peace, a news station did an investigative report on him because they found out he had multiple charges of domestic assault. Jesus. So he was our current like sitting justice of the peace. So this reporter ended up getting fired because he was stalking this dude, filming him from outside of his house. So the reporter got axed for doing that. Then after the JP uh, left his position because of the controversy in 2016, this guy was shot in a bar fight. He Ooh. got to a bar fight. This is the most Amarillo story. He this got, is the justice of the peace. Justice of the peace. He got shot in a bar fight, put it on Facebook, like bloody with a bullet hole saying, I just got shot in a bar fight. <laughs> he didn't report it to the police and then immediately deleted it. And uh. people had screenshots and everything. And still to this day, he has not clarified No, You don't why. see the wound. Do you no, see he the wound? Would, no, I, I don't know. He has a shirt on. He was shot. He, he was, was definitely clearly shot, shot, but he never clarified why or who or what happened. And he's been asked, and he won't. He won't say what happened and why he was shot. And he's currently. Me and him are actually running for the same seat. Oh, so that's yeah. the guy you're running against. No, he's. Uh, I'm running. The incumbent's uh, name is Elaine Hayes. She's okay. the one who's currently seated. What um, dirt do we have on her? Who'd uh, she shoot? <laughs> her her Twitter is not great. I'll just say that. Okay. Um. But um. Yeah, that this guy is also running for the same seat. I Does she am. believe Donald Trump is the second coming? Uh, probably just okay. judging off the sure. the type of Understood. Twitter stuff. But um, yeah, and then I'm also running against that guy who has all right. of that going on. So I kind of joked when when he started running, I was kind of glad because I was like, well, either they go after the quote dumb kid or they go after the guy with the criminal right. record. But it was so good. I don't know why I said good. Fine. <laughs> um, two things, and we probably should wrap it up. First question is, out of the two, you're out here in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Not a great look for an Amarillo city councilman, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, you're out here. You've got some national attention coming your way. Rolling yeah. Stone, this interview here. I'm, I'm assuming there might be some others I don't know about. Is that potentially detrimental to what you're trying to do? No. Does it, you don't think so? That's the only thing I have going for me. Because right. I don't have, I don't well, have I mean, money. I can't put billboards right. up. I can't uh, right. send out a bunch of mailers. This the only, is free advertising. The only thing I can rely on is people going, you know, like in Amarillo, I doubt any 60-something-year-old knows who you are. 
But there's a lot right. of people my age that know who you are sure. that will see this in Amarillo and be like, right. oh, wow, that's crazy and listen to it. And obviously we're talking about the politics. And, and what's what your I'm message? Doing. What's your direct, I'll give you the, the ability to give a direct message to those kids. What is your direct message to them? The reason why I'm running for my demographic, that age group is because I've seen too many creative young people leave Amarillo because they believe it's a dead end. I say Amarillo is not a dead end. It just needs us to stand up and say, this is what we think should change about our city. There, nothing's going to change until we start saying that. Um, if I can represent that voice, it'd be great. If I don't get elected and I at least got the discussion going more than it was, also good. If I get a kid coming up to me asking how the city council works and we talk about, that's a benefit. But beyond that, even outside of my age demographic, I've said I want to see a government that's reformed fairly where we can see fair representation across the board. So, so you, and, have a, you have a very specific policy agenda that you'd like to put in place. Yes. In yeah. The, three, you're a, a single issue vote, a single issue candidate. Yeah. You kind of have to keep it down to three things and right. keep it clean and compact, which I said, reform our government to, at, from at large to single member districts. Better understanding our youth population that makes up nearly 40% of Amarillo and finding more job production for that under 30 crowd, especially without having a college degree because there's a massive area, gray area of jobs uh, for people under the age of 30 without a college degree. So that's why we're losing a lot of that demographic to bigger cities. So preservation of our youth population through uh, job creation that fits what they can do instead of having this massive gray area and then reforming our government, the number that's the number one platform is reforming the at-large government to single member districts and a bigger council there so there can be fair representation without the aggressive influence of money on our city. Got it. Beautifully said. So then the next question, last question I have, maybe, maybe we'll hit something else, but you, you're welcome to ask me any questions, by the way. Awesome. I know you're a fan. <laughs> yeah, Must absolutely. be a fan. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, you, you saw, did you see the first video? Yes, and I apologize. You sent me the video um, on Facebook, I believe. Yeah, it was a long time. That was like last September. Last September. Um, and I think I said I would watch it, and I never. I did watch it. I didn't write you back. I thought it was funny. I didn't. I, I don't know whether to take you seriously or not. Yeah, it was a little bit too much to to for me to download in my brain. Yeah. <laughs> but I uh, appreciate that maybe that something about my work, our work had inspired you to, to be where you are right yeah, now. Yeah, and I think I, 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 I can see a similarity in the sense that uh, both in a way absurdist comedy, but I feel like we both are very opinionated on politics yes. and trying to find a way to use that platform to make a difference. So I can see a similarity in that. And, you know, especially when I make something that has a VHS look, yeah. a very low fi kind of owned that corner of the block. Yeah, yeah, definitely that, that type of zone, so... Um, so my question then is, let's say you get elected, you're now on a council of three or four other people who I'm sure don't agree with you. How do you, as a minority in that position, what's your plan to convince them or, you know, what's your plan um, my, if you get elected? Yeah, my, my first number one plan would be to get in there and hopefully have a council that would work with me to switch from at-large to single-member district because that's a little tricky because that's to be brought to a vote. Mm -hmm. And it actually has been brought to a vote before in Amarillo and it did, didn't go through. People right. didn't vote on it. So I would say properly educating the community on why that switch would be beneficial to our community. Um, so I think that would be the number one thing because I've told a lot of people, uh, if I was elected, great. I could be in there for two years and make some positive changes. But what about that two years after me? Right. What can I do to change the city government after I'm gone. I don't, right. I don't want to just do something that's just while I'm there and then once I leave, it goes back to the way it was. I would want to... The, if so I, you need to put the pressure on the other three by going to the community and say, make that a popular issue for the community so when the, those people feel fear that mm -hmm. if they're on the other side of that issue, they actually might not... Yes, it would be... They it, might it not would, continue on the council. Yeah, it'd be pushing the issue but properly educating on why that's beneficial. Because again, if you're looking at a ballot and you see vote for single member districts, that sounds kind of boring. And right. A lot of people are like, uh, I don't really know what that means. So they're not Have gonna... you done anything graphically to show how that would work? Any kind of like videos on it? Oh, or like, like specific, just, where, where those uh, uh, counties are and, and how um, they're being represented? And... No, I haven't done like an exact line out of where they should right. be because I, I, I couldn't necessarily decide that, but it would right. be, it's generally agreed upon what those areas would be. Because like I've said, Amarillo is very just, squared in terms of uh, communities, where it ends and where it starts. And, and it, that wouldn't be the tough part of where, where would the districts be at. Right. That wouldn't be a complex thing to understand. But right. as long as you had six to eight council members by district, it would be uh, better by far. It would, it would change our city forever if so that six happened. So six to eight 
city council made above the six, six or eight districts. Uh, districts. And then the mayor would be elected at large and the council would be by district. I mean, it makes sense to me. Yeah. No, it it, it's supposed to. That's why yeah. if you look at any CDR size anywhere, that, that's, that's typical. Most cities don't utilize the at-large government we do. It's very dated. Right. It's, a, it's kind of a, an absurd thing to even still have it. And a lot of people- Is it a relic of, of the time when the city was smaller? Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. When I went to the uh, drawing for a place on the ballot, the city manager did a little introduction and he was like, this is our city charter. This is the rules of the city. Um, it was written in 1913 and hasn't been <laughs> right. updated since. And there was probably 50,000 people in the town there. Probably less in 1913. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, we're utilizing an absolute relic of government. It's, it's a relic that right. we're still using and we think it's beneficial. It, it doesn't make any sense, but it makes sense. Um, if people know that it makes it easier for them to sway things and make more money and make it one-sided, I think it makes perfect sense why we still have it from a twisted point of view. It power, makes From a power dynamic. Yeah, it right. makes complete sense why right. we would have kept it. So that's the tricky thing. Not only is it educating the people on why we need single member districts, but it's also a little scary knowing that there's people that have money involved and uh, you know a whole lot of truck involved in keeping it the way it is. They right. do not want that switched. And so uh, for people that are listening that aren't in Amarillo, which I imagine is most of the people listening, mm -hmm. you know, just because of, the, of simple demographics, the, the message, the lesson from, me, from your little experience here in the past year or so is engagement in local politics. Yes, uh, and, um, it, well, and specifically, specifically if you were younger, don't be afraid to get into local politics because the thing is there's a lot of people that are a lot older than you running that uh, sometimes are not very bright people that don't have a whole lot to bring to the table. <laughs> right. And you're younger and you're more worried, uh, I don't know if I can do it. Right. I would say more people should try. And while you're trying, educate yourself and learn as much as you can because the worst thing that happens is you lose. I, that's a beautiful point. And not to, again, bring in national pol politics and I don't, I'm not going to say I agree with everything about her, but, but watching um, AOC mm -hmm. uh, come from, obviously not coming out of nowhere, had some experience in politics or, or, or some experience, you know, run, uh, helping political campaigns, but certainly not a, uh, someone with a law degree. Um, I don't know, does she have a law degree? I don't know. Uh, but somebody with not very little experience in politics, yeah. in government, I should say, more than politics, but in government, seeing her in a very short period of time seem to kind of master it yeah. in, in, in a, it, like in her work on the committee, like it, it, you see her in her, her uh, questioning people in the committee. It's like, well, this, this person's just a natural, yeah. you know, whether and, you agree with her or not, it shows you, I think that, yeah, maybe it's the, the learning curve isn't as steep as you might think. And we do need people jumping in there um, and asking the questions and doing it for the right reasons. Yeah, and if somebody asks you something that you don't know, you don't know the answer to, you say, I don't think I know the answer to that, but I'll look into it. Right. There, there's a lot more bravery in saying you don't know something than talking out of your ass and making it up because that's what you're expected to do. Right. Because I've done that before where even though I feel like I'm informed on a lot of things, I've had someone come up and go, what do you think of this? Zone, and, you know, the zoning proposition 2AC. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't entirely know yeah. what that is, but I'll look into it. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it shouldn't be brain surgery. You should be able to look into it, think about it, and have some kind of draw some kind of conclusion about which way you feel how you yeah. feel about it. Right? Yeah, and I think that's been the one thing that was a little scary with me that when I decided to do it, I didn't do it as a joke because uh, I would never want to put myself in a spot where publicly I looked like an idiot. You know, right. I don't want to be up uh, during a candidate forum and but, I, I, yeah, like I have no idea. And luckily, I've had a lot of older people come up going. To be honest, you you surprised me. You seemed very well informed, and I wasn't expecting that. And if anything, I think they push someone like me harder. Because they, uh, I think they want to prove that, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Right. So we're going to try to throw you curveballs. So uh, there's more of a pressure on me to do better and know more than most sure. because they're going to expect you to Way be- Way more to prove. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think I have a lot more to prove. So I try to know as much as I can because that's, uh, uh, that's why I stress to people, I'm not doing this as a joke. This, right. this takes up way too much time to be a joke. If sure. I'm using up all this time, You're it's- You're not gonna, Andy Kaufman over here. No, no. And, um, that, and that was the thing up front people, I think, thought for the first few months. And final question, and then we'll wrap this up. What do you wear when you go to these places? What do you maintain the hipster identity, or do you put on your uh, Joseph A. Bank suit? <laughs> uh, when I do or the, the forums, jeans yeah. with a 
you know, the politician who wears the jeans with the shirt tucked in, the dress-up shirt. Uh, what, what's your move? I'll be honest. I, I dress, when I do forums, I wear like slacks, a button-up, and a, a, a black velvet jacket. I try to look... Black velvet jacket. jacket. I have one of those, Calvin Klein. I think, yeah. That I take to wear to premieres and, and look <laughs> yeah. pretty good in it. Yeah, it's one of those. You know, I like to, I like to look <laughs> Respectful. nice. Respectful. Yeah, I want to look nice. And people yes. oh, you, you look sharp. I'm not yeah. going to wear like a tie, but, right. but I look decent. I look decent. That's it. Yeah. That's our wonderful chat. Michael Sarah will be playing you in the biopic of your big <laughs> victorious run. You'll win the Oscar for that, and you'll go and do interviews with him on the red carpet. I hope so. That'd be great. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> nice talking to you. Absolutely. Thank you for talking with me. Michael Sarah, Tim Heidecker, thank you so much for joining us here on the Talk House podcast. And also Hayden Pettigrew. He was there he too. He was there too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Check us out on all social media where you will hopefully be able to find some photos from this excellent podcast. And of course, thank you to our engineers, to Tim, who recorded this conversation in LA, and Mark Yoshizumi at Hook and Fade in Brooklyn, who made all the wonderful pieces come together. Our theme song was composed and performed by The Range. Listeners, if you enjoyed today's episode, definitely make sure to check out Tim Heidecker's past two episodes on the show. You can find all of those on iTunes or Stitcher. We're also releasing all of our new episodes on Spotify. So make sure to head over there for upcoming shows with Nick. I'm going to let you introduce next week's podcast. Karen O Woo! and Sam Spiegel, which is a fucking great episode. It really is, I have to say. Till next week, I'm Ali Einhorn. I'm Nick Dawson. American. And I'm Josh America. <laughs> Peace. God bless us all. <laughs>